Case 7, Part 1 of John Silence. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Draconis. John Silence by Algernon Blackwood. Case 6, Part 1 A Victim of Higher Space. There's a hextraordinary gentleman to see you, sir, said the new man why extraordinary asked dr silence drawing the tip of his thin fingers through his brown beard his eyes twinkled pleasantly why extraordinary barker he repeated encouragingly noticing the perplexed expression in the man's eyes he's so so thin sir i could hardly see him at all at first he was inside the house before i could ask the name he added remembering strict orders and who brought him here he came alone sir in a closed cab he pushed by me before i could say a word uh, making no noise not what i could hear he seemed to move so soft like the man stopped short with obvious embarrassment as though he had already said enough to jeopardize his new situation trying hard to show that he remembered the instructions and warnings he had received with regard to the admission of strangers not properly accredited and where is the gentleman now asked dr silence turning away to conceal his amusement i really couldn't say exactly sir i left him in standing in the hall the doctor looked up sharply but why in the hall barker why not in the waiting-room he fixed his piercing though kindly eyes on the man's face did he frighten you he asked quickly i think he did sir if i may say so i seemed to lose sight of him as it were the man stammered evidently convinced by now that he had earned his dismissal he come in so funny just like a cold wind he added boldly setting his heels at attention and looking his master full in the face the doctor made an internal note of the man's halting description he was pleased that the slight signs of psychic intuition which he had induced him to engage barker had not entirely failed at the first trial dr silence sought for his qualification in all his assistants from secretary to serving-man and if it surrounded him with a somewhat singular crew the drawbacks were more than compensated for on the whole by their occasional flashes of insight so the gentleman made you feel queer did he that was it i think sir repeated the man stolidly and he brings no kind of introduction to me no letter or anything asked the doctor with feigned surprise as though he knew what was coming the man fumbled both in mind and pockets and finally produced an envelope i beg pardon sir he said greatly flustered the gentleman handed me this for you it was a note from a discerning friend who had never yet sent him a case that was not vitally interesting from one point or another please see the bearer of this note the brief message ran though i doubt if even you can do much to help him john silence paused a moment so as to gather from the mind of the writer all that lay behind the brief words of the letter then he looked up at his servant with a graver expression than he had yet worn go back and find this gentleman he said and show him into the green study do not reply his question or speak more than actually necessary but think kind helpful sympathetic thoughts as strongly as you can barker you remember what i told you about the importance of thinking when i engaged you put curiosity out of your mind and think gently sympathetically affectionately if you can he smiled and barker who had recovered his composure in the doctor's presence bowed silently and went out there were two different reception rooms in dr silence's house one intended for persons who imagined they needed spiritual assistance when they really were only candidates for the asylum 
had padded walls and was well supplied with various concealed contrivances by means of which sudden violence could be instantly met and overcome it was however rarely used the other intended for the reception of genuine cases of spiritual distress and out-of-the-way afflictions of a psychic nature was entirely draped and furnished in a soothing deep green calculated to induce calmness and repose of mind and this room was one in which dr silence interviewed the majority of his queer cases and the one onto which he had directed barker to show his present caller to begin the armchair in which the patient was always directed to sit was nailed to the floor since its immovability tended to impart the same excellent characteristic to the occupant patients invariably grew excited when talking about themselves and their excitement tended to confuse their thoughts and to exaggerate their language the inflexibility of the chair helped to counteract this after repeated endeavors to drag it forward or push it back they ended up resigning themselves to sitting quietly and with the futility of fidgeting there followed a calmer state of mind upon the floor and at intervals in the wall immediately behind were certain tiny green buttons practically unnoticeable which on being pressed permitted a soothing and persuasive narcotic to rise invisibly about the occupant of the chair the effect upon the excitable patient was rapid admirable and harmless the green study was further provided with a secret spy-hole for john silence liked when possible to observe his patient's face before it had assumed that mask the features of the human countenance invariably wear in the presence of another person a man sitting alone wears a psychic expression and this expression is the man himself it disappears the moment another person joins him and dr silence often learned more from a few moments secret observation of a face than from hours of conversation with its owner afterwards a very light almost a dancing step followed barker's heavy tread towards the green room and a moment afterwards the man came in and announced that the gentleman was waiting he was still pale and his manner nervous never mind barker the doctor said kindly if you were not psychic the man would have had no effect upon you at all you only need training and development and when you have learned to interpret these feelings and sensations better you will feel no fear but only a great sympathy yes sir thank you sir and barker bowed and made his escape while dr silence and a mute smile lurking about the corners of his mouth made his way noiselessly down the passage and put his eye to the spy-hole in the door of the green study this spy-hole was so placed that it commanded a view of almost the entire room and looking through it the doctor saw a hat gloves and umbrella laying on a chair by the table but searched it first in vain for their owner the windows were both closed and a brisk fire burned in the grate there were various signs signs intelligible at least to a keenly intuitive soul that the room was occupied yet so far as human beings were concerned it was empty utterly empty no one sat in the chairs no one stood on the mat before the fire there was no sign even that a patient was anywhere close against the wall examining the bachlin reproductions as patients so often did when they thought they were alone and therefore rather difficult to see from the spy-hole ordinarily speaking there was no one in the room it was undeniable yet dr silence was quite well aware that a human being was in the room his psychic apparatus never failed in letting him know the proximity of an incarnate or discarnate being even in the dark he could tell that and he now knew positively that his patient the patient who had alarmed barker and had then tripped down the corridor with that dancing footstep was somewhere concealed within the four walls commanded by his spy-hole 
he also realized and this was most unusual that this individual whom he desired to watch knew that he was being watched and further that the stranger himself was also watching in fact that it was he the doctor who was being observed and by an observer as keen and trained as himself an inkling of the true state of the case began to dawn upon him and he was on the verge of entering indeed his hand already touched the doorknob when his eye still glued to the spy-hole detected a slight movement directly opposite between him and the fireplace something stirred he watched very attentively and made certain that he was not mistaken an object on the mantelpiece it was a blue vase disappeared from view it passed out of sight together with the portion of the marble mantelpiece on which it rested next that part of the fire and grate and brass fender immediately below it vanished entirely as though a slice had been taken clean out of them dr silence then understood that something between him and these objects was slowly coming into being something that concealed them and obstructed his vision by inserting itself in the line of sight between them and himself he quietly awaited further results before going in first he saw a thin perpendicular line tracing itself from just above the height of the clock and continuing downwards till it reached the woolly fire mat this line grew wider broadened grew solid it was no shadow it was something substantial it defined itself more and more then suddenly at the top of the line and about on a level with the face of the clock he saw a round luminous disc gazing steadily at him it was a human eye looking straight into his own pressed there against the spy hole and it was bright with intelligence dr silence held his breath for a moment and stared back at it then like someone moving out of deep shadow into light he saw the figure of a man come sliding sideways into view a whitish face following the eye and the perpendicular line he had first observed broadening out and developing into the complete figure of a human being it was the patient he had apparently been standing there in front of the fire all the time a second eye had followed the first and both of them stared steadily at the spy hole sharply concentrated yet with a sly twinkle of humor and amusement that made it impossible for the doctor to maintain his position any longer he opened the door and went in quickly as he did so he noticed for the first time the sound of a german band coming in gaily through the opened ventilators in some intuitive unaccountable fashion the music connected itself with the patient he was about to interview this sort of provision was not unfamiliar to him it always explained itself later the man he saw was of middle age and of very ordinary appearance so ordinary in fact that he was difficult to describe his only peculiarity being his extreme thinness pleasant that is good vibrations issued from his atmosphere and met dr silence as he advanced to greet him yet vibrations alive with currents and discharges betraying the perturbed and disordered condition of his mind and brain there was evidently something wholly out of the usual in the state of his thoughts yet though strange it was not altogether distressing it was not the impression that the broken and violent atmosphere of the insane produces upon the mind dr silence realized in a flash that here was a case of absorbing interest that might require all his powers to handle properly i was watching you through my little peephole as you saw he began with a pleasant smile advancing to shake hands i find it out of great assistance sometimes but the patient interrupted him at once his voice was hurried and had odd shrill changes in it breaking from high to low in unexpected fashion one moment it thundered the next it almost squeaked i understand without explanation he broke in rapidly you get the true note of a man in this way when he thinks himself unobserved i quite agree only in my case i fear you saw very little 
My case, as you of course grasp, Dr. Silence, is extremely peculiar, uncomfortably peculiar, indeed, unless Sir William had positively assured me. My friend has sent you to me, the doctor interrupted gravely with a gentle note of authority, and that is quite sufficient. Pray be seated, Mr. Mudge. Racine Mudge, returned the other. Take this comfortable one, Mr. Mudge, leading him to the fixed chair, and tell me your condition in your own way and at your own pace. My whole day is at your service if you require it. Mr. Mudge moved toward the chair in question and then hesitated. You will promise me not to use the narcotic buttons, he said before sitting down. I do not need them. Also, I ought to mention that anything you think of vividly will reach my mind. That is apparently part of my peculiar case. He sat down with a sigh and arranged his thin legs and body into a position of comfort. Evidently, he was very sensitive to the thoughts of others, for the picture of the green buttons had only entered the doctor's mind for a second, yet the other had instantly snapped it up. Dr. Silence noticed, too, that Mr. Mudge held on tightly with both hands to the arms of the chair. "'I'm rather glad the chair is nailed to the floor,' he remarked, as he settled himself more comfortably. "'It suits me admirably. The fact is, and this is my case in a nutshell, which is all that a doctor of your marvellous development requires, the fact is, Dr. Silence, I am a victim of higher space. That's what's the matter with me, higher space.' The two looked at each other for a space in silence, the little patient holding tightly to the arms of the chair which suited him admirably and looking up with staring eyes, his atmosphere positively trembling with the waves of some unknown activity, while the doctor smiled kindly and sympathetically, and put his whole person as far as possible into the mental condition of the other. "'Higher space,' repeated Mr. Mudge. "'That's what it is. Now, do you think you can help me with that?' There was a pause, during which the men's eyes steadily searched down below the surface of their respective personalities. Then Dr. Silence spoke. "'I am quite sure I can help,' he answered quietly. "'Sympathy must always help, and suffering always owns my sympathy. "'I see you have suffered cruelly. "'You must tell me all about your case, "'and when I hear the gradual steps by which you reach this strange condition, "'I have no doubt I can be of assistance to you.' "'He drew a chair up beside his interlocutor "'and laid a hand on his shoulder for a moment. "'His whole being radiated kindness, intelligence, desire to help. "'For instance,' he went on, "'I feel sure it was the result of no mere chance.' that you became familiar with the tears of what you term higher space. For higher space is no mere external measurement. It is, of course, a spiritual state, a spiritual condition, an inner development, and one that we must recognize as abnormal, since it is beyond the reach of the world at the present stage of evolution. Higher space is a mythical state. Oh, cried the other, rubbing his bird-like hands with pleasure. The relief it is to be able to talk to someone who can understand. Of course what you say is the utter truth. And you are right that no mere chance led me to my present condition, but, on the other hand, prolonged and deliberate study. Yet chance, in a sense, now governs it. I mean, my entering the condition of higher space seems to depend upon the chance of this and that circumstance. For instance, the mere sound of that German band sent me off. Not that all music will do so, but certain sounds, certain vibrations, at once, key me up with the requisite pitch. And off I go. Wagner's music always does it. And that band must have been playing a stray bit of Wagner. But I'll come to all that later. Only first I must ask you to send away your man from the spy hole. John Silence looked up with a start, for Mr. Mudge's back was to the door, and there was no mirror. He saw the brown eye of Barker glued to the little circle of glass, and he crossed the room without a word and snapped down the black shutter provided for the purpose, and then heard Barker snuffle away along the passage. Now, continued the little man in the chair, I can begin. 
you have managed to put me completely at my ease and i feel i may tell you my whole case without shame or reserve you will understand but you must be patient with me if i go into details that are already familiar to you details of higher space i mean and if i seem stupid when i have to describe things that transcend the power of language and are really therefore indescribable my dear friends put in the other calmly that goes without saying to know higher space is an experience that defies description and one is obliged to make use of more or less intelligible symbols but pray proceed your vivid thoughts will tell me more than your halting words an immense sigh of relief proceeded from the little figure half lost in the depths of the chair such intelligent sympathy meeting him halfway was a new experience to him and it touched his heart at once he leaned back relaxing his tight hold of the arms and began in his thin scale-like voice my mother was a frenchwoman and my father an essex bargeman he said abruptly hence my name racine and mudge my father died before i ever saw him my mother inherited money from her bordeaux relations and when she died soon after i was left alone with wealth and a strange freedom i had no guardian trustees sisters brothers or any connection in the world to look after me i grew up therefore utterly without education this much was to my advantage i learned none of that deceitful rubbish taught in schools and so had nothing to unlearn when i awakened to my true love mathematics higher mathematics and higher geometry these however i seemed to know instinctively it was like the memory of what i had deeply studied before the principles were in my blood and i simply raced through the ordinary stages and beyond and then did the same with geometry afterwards when i read the books on these subjects i understood how swift and undeviating the knowledge had come back to me it was simply memory it was simply recollecting the memories of what i had known before in a previous existence and required no books to teach me in his growing excitement mr mudge attempted to drag the chair forward a little nearer to his listener and then smiled faintly as he resigned himself instantly again to its immovability and plunged anew into the recital of his singular disease the audacious speculations of boli the amazing theories of gauss that though a point more than one line could be drawn parallel to a given line the possibility that the angles of a triangle are together greater than two right angles if drawn upon immense curvatures the breathless intuitions of beltrami and lobachewski all these i hurried through and emerged panting but unsatisfied upon the verge of my my new world my higher space possibilities in a word my disease how i got there he resumed after a brief pause during which he appeared to be listening intently for an approaching sound is more than i could put intelligibly into words i can only hope to leave your mind with an intuitive comprehension of the possibility of what i say here however came a change at this point i was no longer absorbing the fruits of studies i had made before it was the beginning of new efforts to learn for the first time and i had to go slowly and laboriously through terrible work here i sought for the theories and speculations of others but books were few and far between and with the exception of one man a dreamer the world called him whose audacity and piercing intuition amazed and delighted me beyond description i found no one to guide or help you of course dr silence understand something of what i am driving at with these stammering words though you cannot perhaps yet guess what depths of my pain my new knowledge brought me to nor why an acquaintance with a new development of space should prove a source of misery and terror mr racine mudge remembering that the chair would not move did the next best thing he could in his desire to draw nearer to the attentive man facing him and sat forward upon the very edge of the cushions 
crossing his legs and gesticulating with both hands as though he saw into this region of new space he was attempting to describe and might at any moment tumble into it bodily from the edge of the chair and disappear from view john silence separated from him by three paces sat with his eyes fixed upon the thin white face opposite noting every word and every gesture with deep attention this room we now sit in dr silence has one side open to space to higher space a closed box only seems closed there is a way in and out of a soap bubble without breaking the skin you tell me no new thing the doctor interposed gently hence if higher space exists and our world borders upon it and lies partially in it it follows necessarily that we see only portions of all objects we never see their true and complete shape we see their three measurements but not their fourth the new direction is concealed from us and when i hold this book and move my hand all around it i have not really made a complete circuit we only perceive these portions of any object which exist in our three dimensions the rest escapes us but once we learn to see in higher space objects will appear as they actually are only they will thus be hardly recognizable now you may begin to grasp something of what i am coming to i am beginning to understand something of what you must have suffered observed the doctor soothingly for i have made similar experiments myself and only stopped just in time you are the one man in all the world who can hear and understand and sympathize exclaimed mr mudge grasping his hands and holding it tightly while he spoke the nailed chair prevented further excitability end of case six part one recording by draconis the real basement dwellers podcast will work for money dot net